0: Okay guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant. Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. Sorry if my voice is still not 100% there, but you know, it is what it is and I'm doing what I can do. So last week we talked about two things because for a long, long time I have believed that there are really only two things in this universe that are really, truly, honestly important. And again, you know, I prefaced it last week and I'll preface it again this week by saying, I understand that like the environment is important and I understand that taking care of your responsibilities is important and all of these different things. But when you get right down to it, to me, there's two things there's God and there's people. Loving God and loving people. Loving God by loving people. So as you can see, the common denominator there is love and that's what i want to talk about in today's rant this is season three episode 27 one thing i'm going to boil it all the way down to the one thing in the universe that really truly honestly matters and it's love and for my first verse i'm going to use first corinthians thirteen thirteen, which is one of my favorite verses i know i know they're all my favorite i know but I've preached on this one before, I've ranted on this one before, I've written about this one before. And in in those times, I've kind of broken down. Okay, let me read it first and then I'll get into it. First Corinthians 13, 13 says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And usually when I break this verse down or talk about this verse or, you know, whatever the case may be, I usually go into those three things faith hope and love and i kind of compare and contrast them and i talk about what faith is and what faith isn't what hope is and what hope isn't what love is and what love isn't and i'm actually i'm a little nervous to put this out into the universe but i'm actually kind of very very slowly but surely writing a book about love and i think it's going to be called the nonsense of love and first, in, 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 in the first half of the book, I want to talk about what love is not and the nonsense that people attribute to love or use love for. And then in the second half, I want to talk about what love is and how love does not make sense, like to, to our to our human, you know, kind of mind or experience or whatever you want to call it. Love is nonsense. Love is too big and it's too great. And I've ran about this before, too. But it's so hard for us to comprehend, like the whole point of this whole unlimited, unending, never ending, abundant, everlasting, eternal life that we've been given. The whole point of it is to get to the heart of the matter, which is the heart, God's heart beating in our chest. The whole point of the whole thing is to test the height and length and depth and breadth of God's love for us. And the way that we do that, because love is giving, right? You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Because love is giving. The way that we test the height and length and depth and breadth of God's love for us is by letting him love us to such a high degree that we can love him back by loving each other to a degree that we never thought possible. We test his love by loving people bigger, and stronger, and harder, and faster than we ever thought that we could. And the best part about it, and we're going to look at this in just a little bit in in context of of the one thing that matters in this universe, the best part about it is Jesus said the new commandment for the new man is to love one another as he loves you. All of the emphasis, all of the responsibility, all of the heavy lifting is on Jesus' shoulders. We are only expected to love the amount that he loves us. So if he wants us to love each other real big and real strong and real hard, he has to first love us real big and real strong and real hard because you can't give what you don't have and you can only give what you do have. Love is all about receiving and releasing the love that we've been given. And that's kind of mind blowing in a lot of ways. Because so many times we think we need to do so much in order to quote unquote impress God or you know to uh, to earn His love or you can't earn love. Love is freely given and it must be received and that's all there is to it. The gift of God is eternal life, His abundant, everlasting, eternal resurrection life of love. He gave that to us as a gift when He went to the cross. And see, see, first Jesus said, "No greater love can a man have." Than to lay his life down for his friends, and then he went to the cross and he did that. He didn't just tell us what love is; he showed us what love is. He gave love to us. He put his money where his mouth was, and he didn't just say love people this much. He said, "I love you this much," and because I love you this much, you can love each other this much. And you know, in his case, it was it, it was literally laying his life down. It was literally dying on the cross. And I always like to say there have been you know martyrs. Throughout history, who have literally given up their lives for love, for the cross, for the preaching of Jesus. Like that has happened historically. But I think, you know, in our lives, laying your life down for your friends is as simple as esteeming others higher than yourselves. It's as simple as putting others first. And again, I say simple, not easy, because it's not always easy. It's not always easy to love everybody. Sometimes people are hard to love. And, you know, it, the, the, the kind of unfortunate trap there is that the people that are hardest to love are the people that leave that need love the most because they aren't getting a whole lot of it because they're hard to love. So if you're looking at, at, at loving somebody as to whether or not they deserve it or as to whether or not they're easy to love as or as to whether, you know, it takes a lot out of it. And I do believe that you should get in where you fit in. I do believe that you can have the most influence over the people that you have those connections and relationships to. I mean, I know that there are people in my life that if they're having a bad day, I can send them a Bible verse and it will cheer them up. And I know that there are people in my life that if they're having a bad day, I need to tell them a joke or I need to I I need to try to connect with them in a different way. So it is important, like I said, to get in where you fit in. It is important to reach people at the level that they're at. You can't expect people to come up to your level or in some cases down to your level it's important for you i think uh i believe it was paul who wrote i am all things to all people so that i might gain a few like you can find common ground with people if you really want to you can find that connection if you really want to so what i'm saying is it's all about love at the end of the day it's all about love. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. If you don't have love, you don't have anything. You know, and Paul wrote, I, I believe it was Paul. I blame everything on Paul if I can't think of who Like I know John pretty good, but otherwise I pretty much blame Paul for everything. But I believe it was Paul who wrote uh the love chapter in Corinthians and talking about, you know, charity is this and charity is that. And if you have the speech of the angels, but you don't have love then it's just clashing symbols and just you're just making noise because if you don't have love you don't have anything uh, I think it was Carrie Underwood who said what you got if you ain't got love the kind that you just want to give away and that's what love is love is giving what you have and that's why this love this this God love this agape love it's so amazing and it's so important that we understand first John 419. And I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation and in the King James Version. And in the New Living Translation, it says, We love each other because he loved us first, which which is, that's my whole thing. Let God love you and love him back by loving each other. We love each other because he loved us first. He gave us the love that we need in order to be able to love. But the King James says, we love him because he first loved us. Now, I mean, obviously I don't see any contradiction there because when we love each other, we are loving him, right? Anytime you express the God of love, the God who is love to somebody, then not only are you loving that person, but you're loving God too. You're, you're, you're doing him a great service. You're showing people who he really is. You're representing him in the correct way. God has been so misrepresented so many times all throughout history. And I don't want to say especially, but certainly by a lot of religions today, God is ridiculously mis- misrepresented. Like it's bad how we present them to people. An angry God who is mad at you because you do fill in the blank. No way. That's not who God is. Jesus hung out with sinners. Jesus took the worst people he could find and he made friends with them. He didn't judge them. Remember the woman caught in adultery? Jesus didn't judge her. He said, let him who is without sin throw the first stone. Nobody threw any stones. And Jesus said, I don't judge you either. Go out and sin no more. Jesus knew that the only way to really reach somebody is not by condemning them, but by forgiving them, by showing them mercy and grace. Not by trying to, you know, beat them into submission or beat them into the shape that you think that they should be in, but just simply by saying, I'm not going to condemn you. I know who you are. I know you're better than this, and I want to empower you with my love to go out and love. So it's so important to me. One of the one of the foundational building blocks to my whole ministry is 1 John 4:19. We love him because he first loved us. We love each other because he loved us first. Love comes from God. He is the source. And again, when you understand that God is love, what else could be the source? This isn't just a God who loves. This is the God who is love. In order for God to do anything but love, he would have to deny his own nature. And whether or not he can do that, I'm not going to argue about, but I can tell you that he won't do that because he doesn't want to do that. God wanted to express love so badly that even in the beginning, when it was the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit all together, even then he wanted somebody to be able to express himself to. So he created us. He created humanity. He created people. He created you and me because he just wanted to show his love to to somebody. He wanted to be able to love somebody. And you know that's kind of the tricky thing about love is that uh, in some cases it takes two to tango like you have to have somebody to love and you have to have somebody to be loved. And that's that's the great mystery of it a lot of times. And again, I'm not saying you have to force your love on people. I'm not saying you have to uh, make people uncomfortable or, you know, I think killing people with kindness is a good way to go. Because when you show people kindness and when you show people that there is a more excellent way or a better way, if you show them that the spirit and the bride say come and they don't say come or else, but they say come and get it. When you show people that there's something available to them that's better than what they have. Of course, it's going to be attractive. And of course, they're going to want that. But the key is you don't have to force it on people. I've said for a long time that I believe God is too much of a gentleman to force his will and his way upon you. And you know, there's examples like the story of Jonah where God was really determined for Jonah to do what God wanted Jonah to do. And you know, he pressed him you know, pretty hard to do what he was supposed to do. But that was an obedience issue. That was a hard issue. Like my pastor would always say, some people are called and some people are corralled. Like at the end of the day, God knows how to get what he wants. I mean, again, I don't think he's gonna force it on you. And I think you can probably, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you can deny it to the end because three things last forever. And it doesn't say one of them is stubbornness. It doesn't say one of them is saying no to God. In fact, the Bible says a fool in his heart says no to God or that there is no God. So foolishness can be corrected. Three things last forever. Faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. I think that's why Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I think that's why, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And when you really, truly start to understand His love in your life, He's not just the beginning and the end. He's everything in between. And that makes things really, really, really special and really good. That's when you can start to experience the life that Jesus not only gave for us on the cross, but the life that He gave to us on the cross. And that doesn't mean try to act like Jesus. Like I've I've talked about this before a lot of times too. I don't really have a problem with the WWJD thing, the what would Jesus do movement that happened, I guess, quite a, quite a few years ago now, because I think anything that helps people think about Jesus or keep him in the, you know, the forefront of their mind or, 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 their life, I think that's probably a good thing. So if you have a bracelet or, or, or whatever, and it says WWJD, and you look at it and you think about Jesus, probably a good thing. The problem that I have with it is if you have to try to figure out what Jesus would do, and then you have to try to do that thing, and you have to try to act like Jesus, and it's too much trying. When you truly understand the nature of love, you begin to understand that it's our true nature. You begin to understand that it comes from the inside out. It comes from a place of just, God loves me so much and I'm so full of his love that it just, it comes out of me. And there's nothing that I can do about it. I can't stop it. I'm not going to bore you with the cookie story again, but to me, that's one of the biggest examples. Well, at least one of the simplest examples. And you guys know I like things simple. That's one of the simplest examples in my life of, of, just literally Jesus take the wheel. Just Jesus coming out of me without me even thinking about it. Like I didn't have to pray and say, oh, what should I do? Should I help this person? How can I help this person? It was just simply, I saw a need and I had the ability to meet that need. So I did. And it was that simple. And that's how much thought it took. I was like, you know what? I have a cookie. They have nothing. I'm going to give them my cookie. Done and done. Problem solved. And the the reaction on their face, the reaction in their life, like uh, a little bit of kindness goes such a far, far way. And it's kind of sad to me that people don't expect kindness. And a lot of times when you're kind to people, they'll look at you and try to figure out what your ulterior motive is, which is sad to me. But I always tell people love does not have a motive. Love is the motive. I did that because I love that person, you know? to me, really, it's that simple. If you love people, you'll see a need. And if you can meet it, you'll meet it. Like they asked, uh, I believe they asked John the Baptist, what should we do? And he said, if you got two cloaks and somebody doesn't have one, give them one of yours. He didn't say you have to hurt yourself to help other people. He didn't say you have to, you know, break your arm to, to give someone a hand. He said, live out of your abundance. He said, if you have the ability to meet a need, do it. It's that simple, and to me, it's always been that simple. And that's why sometimes it almost breaks my heart because we'll be Logan, my son, and I will be driving along, and he'll see, you know, like a uh, like a homeless person or whatever on the side of the road, and he's like, "Dad, can we help them? Dad, can we stop?" And it's very rare that I have any cash, you know, because my debit card or whatever, and because I don't have a lot of money. But if I do have some money, I will always help them because that's what I want Logan to see. That's what I want Logan to know. I want him to know that, yeah, buddy, if we can help people, we're going to help people. That's what this life is for. That's what this life is about. But it comes from God loving us. It comes from a place of, I have no lack because my God has no lack. It comes from a place of, I'm simply filling myself up to overflowing with what God has already filled me up with. I'm not trying to get something I haven't got. I'm simply putting what I have got to use. I'm simply using what I've got. I'm giving it away. I'm sharing it. And that's what makes it real. And that's what makes it powerful. And that's the best way to experience it. If you want to truly experience something, share it. Shared experiences are so much more real and so much more powerful. Like I always say, like, if you watch your favorite movie by yourself, you'll probably enjoy it. You'll probably get a kick out of it. It's your favorite movie. But if you watch your favorite movie with somebody else, and you both enjoy it together and you're cracking up at the same jokes or you're enjoying the same scenes in this sen- like it's so much better it's so much more powerful it's not good for man to be alone like we are social creatures even 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 anti pastor tom we are social creatures and we need each other and sharing what we have and who we are with each other that's what this life is all about that's what this life is for So it comes from this one thing that matters more than anything else, comes from God. He is our creator, and he created us in order to express himself to us, in us, through us, and as us. It's receiving and releasing the love that he has given to us. It's the the new commandment for the new man. Love one another as Jesus loves you. He loves us first, and then we love him back. By loving each other. That's the divine order of things. But now I want to talk about to end this rant this this rant today. I want to talk about why the greatest of all these things is love. And you could say that I've been doing that because it one of the reasons that the greatest of these is love is because we don't have to do anything for it. We don't have to do anything about it. It's God loving us. And that's that's great. That's amazing. But now let me read Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. And to me, this is so, so powerful. You know what? I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm going to read verses 31 through 39. And the heading here says, nothing can separate us from God's love, which, spoiler alert, is why love is the greatest of these things. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing we do can make us love him any less than he loves us right now, because his love for us is not about what we do. His love for us is about who we are and who he is, a heavenly father who loves his son. So Romans chapter 8 verse 31 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one for God himself has given us right standing with himself who then will condemn us no one for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us guys if he's willing to give us his beloved son in whom he is well pleased what would he withhold from us like I say the ultimate excuse me the ultimate truth of the universe is that God is love and he loves you. The Father loveth the Son and has given all things into his hands. He did it all so we could get it all. And now we have it all. He's not holding anything back from us. So it says in verse 35, can anything ever separate us from God's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. In this life, we go through things and I'm convinced, and I mean, I am strongly convinced that we're all just trying to get from the start of the day to the end of the day. And that may look a little bit different from person to person, but it's pretty universal. Like, like at the end of my workday, I'll go around And I'll see people and I'll be like, oof, we made it through another one. And they'll be like, yep, just barely. Or or they'll be like, yep, got another one done. Like a lot of times that's the whole goal is just get through this day, just make it happen today. And yet it's not always easy. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, it doesn't mean that. What that means is that life happens. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. And I know a lot of us have been through a lot of things. And I wish some of us hadn't been through some of those things. And I know that, you know, we are who we are because of what we've gone through. But sometimes I wish the world was a lot kinder. Sometimes I wish we didn't have to go through these things. Sometimes I wish, you know, we we could avoid some of the pain and suffering that we have gone through or will go through or are going through. But a lot of times when we get to that place, we do like the opposite of Job and we think, well, God hates me or else this wouldn't have happened. No, no, that's not true at all. God loves you no matter what. On your worst day ever, when you did the worst thing that you've ever done, God loved you just as much as he did on your best day ever, when you did your best thing ever. God's love does not, this, excuse me. God's love does not vacillate. God's love is not wishy-washy. You're not picking flower petals saying, he loves me, he loves me not, and just hoping that you'll land on, he loves me. God's love is eternal. God's love is the foundation of our lives. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I always like to say this too, like I, I can't tell you how many times my son Logan has heard this, but you've survived every bad day you've ever had. And they weren't fun. And I'm not saying you have to pretend like they were fun, but you survived them. You're still here. You're still going. You're learning and you're growing. Sometimes you have to, you know, take steps backwards. Sometimes you have to sit down and try to rest and recuperate and heal. All of those things are okay. Because despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I think it was Joseph of the... Joseph of the Code of Many Colors fame, who said something along the lines of, you guys meant this for evil, but God meant it for good so that I could get to a place where I could save many lives. A lot of times we don't know why we go through the things we go through. A lot of times we don't know how we're going to get through the things we have to go through. A lot of times we don't know why we got through the things that we went through. But I believe we go through things generally for two reasons to learn and to grow and then also to help others when they go through those things. Because like I said, I think this human experience, while it's very individual, I think it's very universal. We're all just trying to get from the start of the day to the end of the day. I really truly do. And if you're going through something that I've already gone through, I can help you with that. Cause I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And if you have a, a listen, people always say the Bible is a roadmap to life, but I think even better than having a map is having a guide. And that's the Holy Spirit. Or in in the case of my example, if you've been there done that got the t-shirt, you can guide somebody through it. You know the way through. You don't you're not just, you know, well the map says go this way, sure, but I know a shortcut. You know, because I've been there. I've done it. I a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. If you think something, but I know it, what you think doesn't really matter. So let me finish this up before I run out of time. Verse 38 says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Guys, that's powerful. And that's important. Because again, if you're picking flower petals and you're like, man, I really screwed up today. I guess God probably hates me now. That mindset will kill you dead. I will never forget when somebody who I really, really care about in my life told me, well, I'm, I'm going to hell anyway. So, I mean, I just give up because that's, oh, that's such an evil mindset. And I'm not saying that they're evil. I'm saying that's such a that, that mindset that it, it'll destroy you. If you're hopeless, these three things last forever. But if you're hopeless because you think you've screwed up so much that God doesn't love you anymore and he's going to punish you in hell, this is one of the many, 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 many problems I have with the idea of hell as a eternal conscious torment. But if if you, if you think that you're on the highway to hell and you're headed there anyway, and there's nothing you can do about it, then if that's true, you should probably just give up. But that's not true. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, No power in the sky above or in the earth below, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Angels or demons, death or life, nothing can separate us from God's love. There's nowhere you can go that his love isn't right there with you. I believe it was David wrote in one of the Psalms that, if I make my bed in hell, you're there with me. Like, God does not give up on us, ever. He loves us too much. I heard a preacher once say, God's a stalker. He will never, ever give up on you. And all he's waiting is for you to not give up on yourself. All he's waiting is for you to understand that he loves you and that he always has and that he always will. And that's to me why this one thing is more important than any other thing. It's, it's something that comes from God and it's something that we can't do anything about. We can't make him love us more and we can't make him love us less. We are the apple of God's eye. We are his favorite creation out of all creation. I'm God's favorite and so are you. And because of that, we can live a life in which we don't have to try to jump through hoops to impress it. We can simply just do the things that are in our heart to do. We can do things heartily to the best of our ability because it's in our heart to do it. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to live a life of freedom. He wants you to, uh, uh, I believe it's the book of James talks about the perfect law of liberty. He wants you to be able to be you and to be the best you that you can be. Now, Having said that, the best you that you can be is who you are in Christ, which is who Christ is in you. It's that love that He has put inside of you, coming out of you. And I know that it can feel like a lot of times, like the world has buried that, that the world has beaten you down. I know it can feel like that, but nothing can separate you from that love. And that light does shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. When you love people, you're proving that you believe on some level that God loves you, because you can't give what you don't have, and you can only give what you do have. So if you're giving somebody love, it means you know that you have love, and that love comes from God, and nothing can separate us from God's love. It's the one thing in the universe that is the most important. Thank you, guys. I'll see you next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrandcom You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that I've written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it, and you can su- you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it, and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to, uh, to help me to get the word out, which you know, as we know by now is, is my heart is just getting this word out word without walls ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.